Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. A popular Philly baker who has been working out of a shared restaurant kitchen opens his first official storefront and he's extremely serious about his flour. We actually produce a, a grain zine that's available for free on our website. But a it, grain zine? Yeah, yeah. It's like it, a fanzine. Right, exactly. It's for so grain. Yep. I'm speaking with Lost Bread co-owner Alex Bois about how pandemic-related grain shortages forced him to diversify his breads even more than he already had, plus all the locally sourced goodies he sells that go with the bagels in his shop. This is a podcast about food in and around Philadelphia. That's a quick, delicious, flavorful bite. It was really hard for me to get into it. Stories from behind the kitchen. This is a wood-burning oven from Italy. It is intense. And hear about quirky stuff, too. Eat a pint of ice cream as quickly as you can, and then resume the 5K. This is What's Cooking on KYW. I'm Hadas Kuznets with Alex Bois, founder of Lost Bread Co., and we're here at Craft Hall. This is where you work out of right now. Tell me a little about this space. You've got some other stuff in the works. Yeah, Craft Hall is uh, a kind of broad makerspace for people in food who all work kind of in this local supply chain to make great food at a scale that makes it accessible and more affordable. So the whole idea behind Craft Hall was that we could kind of pool our collective resources, the physical space, equipment, all those things, put that together and start to buy like large quantities of really high quality, good local ingredients so that we can make some of the products that you're used to, but all sourced from the region's bounty. And that drives kind of what we're able to create. It makes things less boring. Like the, my nightmare is to go into a grocery store or a local corner shop and have them all be the exact, the exact same. So this was a venture from you and Avram Hornick of FCM. Some other people also participated with the brewery as well. Right. And so now you're venturing out on your own. Right, yeah. So we're still partnering uh, with Avram and, and FCM. And the idea is that, you know, we have this really powerful commissary bakery that supplies our wholesale outlets, our farmer's markets and things like that. And our goal was always to kind of create spokes off of that hub to make the product more accessible. So Lost um, Bread Co. gets a store? Yeah, Lost Bread Co. gets a store and and uh, and now we make bagels. <laughs> and all the all the trimmings that come with bagels, including cream cheese and lox, and those are all kind of getting our specific approach. So we're opening in Rittenhouse right around 23rd and Walnut and we do have our original space that we started baking out of three years ago in Fishtown is slated to be our next location of, of the cafe. Is that undergoing renovations and stuff? Yeah, yeah, we're working on that. We're hoping for an opening sometime in third quarter 2021. That's the goal. But Rittenhouse is opening now. 
Rittenhouse is opening now and you'll be able to come and you know we're starting with takeout only food as well as our line of breads pastries and for the first time grocery from other local providers that we really love for example all the delicious eggs that we use for our egg sandwiches which are laps format amazing heirloom eggs are the best eggs that I found in the area you'll be able to actually buy those at our store how has it helped you to work with other purveyors it seems like that's the thing to do when everyone's struggling to survive during coronavirus yeah I mean I think coronavirus and the pandemic really illustrated the strength of our local food system we saw a lot of grocery stores with you know, wiped out shelves from some of the national purveyors who literally couldn't keep up with, you know, the supply chains were disrupted everywhere. So um, a lot of people got into baking bread. too. Sure. Yeah. A lot of people got into baking bread, but had a hard time finding flour. (laughs) And, you know, in our case, like we maintain really close relationships to everyone who we get our product from actually one of the local grocery stores, they couldn't source bulk flour anymore from a national chain. They just, uh, it was sold out, not available. And so as part of our local grain coalition connected them with the millers the grain growers that we work with and they just drove out there with a pickup truck and loaded up so you know we've all had to be a little more scrappy in the pandemic times but it also showcases like we have a really strong local food system we've got robust agriculture in pennsylvania in the mid-atlantic even within 50 miles of philly in lancaster county it's one of the most diverse and high yielding agricultural regions in the country making all this really wonderful unique produce and to us that is what determines the menu first and foremost and it makes things much less boring you know it's a huge irony that philadelphia cream cheese is not made in philadelphia and does not contain any dairy sourced from the region whereas lancaster county is this massive dairying region with all sorts of you know what have you it's got it's got uh sheep milk uh, cow's milk goat's milk so we wanted to um our, our cafe, we wanted it to reflect that on every level. So we actually make the, the cream cheese from Lancaster Dairy. It's got a touch of goat's milk. And then when we, we strain out the whey from making the cream cheese, which is part of the process, we kind of consider it as being this delicious byproduct of the process that we can then use to braise our meats and other things that we use in the cafe. You didn't have problems during the pandemic making bread because you were connected directly right. to the... We, we, had, we definitely had to pivot because suddenly a lot more people were relying on the local food chain. So there were you know there were shortages of things that we relied on but because we've always kind of operated under that like what's available dictates what we make it wasn't a big deal and actually what we really found was that we were more connected to the idea of creating accessible things because the pandemic really created a lot of food insecurity where it might not have existed before i mean there's always food insecurity but suddenly it was hard for you know yeah we work so intimately with restaurants and cooks and we're cooks ourselves suddenly you have thousands of of cooks in the region out of work without a way to provide for themselves so we we just wanted to create more accessible products because our ethos was always like use what's available and let that determine what you make it was no problem to then be like oh well we can't get this specific kind of rye anymore so we can just try some you know do something else so the supply chain if anything it just illustrated the strengths of the supply chain it didn't hurt us at all we just had to kind of recreate we started making soft sliced whole grain sandwich bread for the first time just because we wanted a product that was really nutritious delicious efficient to make 
and super accessible to the thousands of people who were all of a sudden out of work and who might not look at a really crusty, dark loaf of sourdough and have that appeal to them right off the bat. So what are you offering at 23rd and Walnut? Yeah, at 23rd and Walnut, we're baking bagels fresh on site throughout the day. And the, all the, those bagels are made entirely from our freshly milled flour from local organic grains. So we're milling it at Craft Hall, turning it into this beautiful, fragrant, delicious flour. We turn that into bagels. The shaped bagels we send over to the cafe and they're baked on site in the morning and throughout the day. So we're, we're boiling them in the kettle and they go in the oven. We have a food menu that's pretty diverse that's also built around the bagels. So we're doing, you know, classic sandwiches like egg and cheese and so on. We're also making delicious scrapple in-house from local pork. Really simple, straightforward scrapple, but when you use fresh grain as the flour base, you know, scrapple is really just kind of like a meat pancake. And if you use really delicious flour as one of the ingredients, and then the other ingredient is like super happy, well-raised pork, you can't really go wrong. Uh, we're also, we'll also be curing locks from sustainably raised steelhead trout from our friends at Hudson Valley Fisheries. We have our full line of breads and pastries on top of that. And then we have some grocery items that are freshly milled flours we're making available along with, with recipes on how to use them. Those will be available at the cafe and then we'll have other grocery items like the uh, delicious eggs that we mentioned. And how has the pandemic changed the way restaurant owners and people in the food industry do business. Yeah, the pandemic has just made it so that we're always we're always scrambling. There has to be a much more collaborative approach uh, on all levels. So Sounds like people are also doing a lot of grocery elements to the restaurants. Totally grocery elements are an important thing because you know, people all of a sudden it was really difficult to keep your family fed for whatever reason. Either you can't go to the grocery store because it's a risk, so you have to order online, but there's a long queue, or maybe you know, you were used to eating out a lot and then it's not available as much for all sorts of reasons, being able to kind of get your grocery closer to home has been, I think, an important part of how we adapted to the pandemic. I think we've also been in a situation where, like, we have to be much more understanding with one another because we're all in this, like, you know, very shitty <laughs> situation together. And so, you know, where before it might be more like, well, I want to make what I want to make and then, you know, hopefully people can, they should buy it. Like, now it's like, well, no, like this restaurant is struggling. We have to collaborate. Like we're here more to provide a service than I think to just kind of fulfilling our own artistic dreams. And so I has that always been a dream for you though, to make bread? Or is it like, are you like changing the types of bread that you're making now because you're just accommodating people? Or? Yeah, I mean, we've done a little bit of changing the kinds of bread that we make to accommodate people. Bagels are a new venture for us. We've made bagels in the past, but we've never we've never wanted to focus on bagels in part because they're so labor intensive per unit food produced. Uh, but I look at it as now as like they are a you know, bagels are really a language of love for people. Like they're, you feel really strongly about them. People have really strong opinions about bagels and strong connections to them. And for that reason, even if the labor doesn't shake out all the time, the pandemic is has like renewed the focus on what connects with people. The good thing that you're calling it, it's Lost Bread Co. So it's not Lost Bread Co. Bagels. Right. So you can change it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, yeah, Lost Bread. Yeah, and, and we're focusing on uh, the bagels and the pizza. They're also, those items are a really good point of entry to people to to seeing like what the differences are with with fresh flour yeah, obviously uh, you know fresh whole grain flour 
it's pretty well established that it's better for you, but we're here to make a case that it's also tastier and provides a naturally longer shelf life and all those other good things. And bagels and, and pizza are a really good uh, place to start with those because they're traditionally stiffer, much stiffer doughs. So like a, like a focaccia bread dough might be almost equal proportions flour and water, whereas bagels are typically about half the amount of wa uh, water as they are bagels. So, you know, everyone is, is always like, oh, it's the water that makes the bagel. And, but I, I would argue it's actually the flour that makes the bagel more than any other product. Water is more important in the recipes that have more water. <laughs> so yeah, that was kind of like finding ways to create connections with this product. Because we still believe, we believe in a robust, self-sufficient regional food supply. And so for us, the pandemic was tragic and horrible in so many ways and really forced us and, you know, other businesses around us to be scrappy. But in other ways, it really showed the strengths that we have in the, the local food supply chain. And so that's like, that's kind of energizing, you know, like we're, we're like, well, I wouldn't have even thought of it, of doing like a, a bagel shop made from, you know, sourcing in this way from all local products at any point in the past. It's more like we had to pivot so many times that we really got to know each grain that we work with even better. You know, like for a while we couldn't get uh, the kind of winter grain that's winter wheat that's been the foundation of most of the products we've made for the past few years. So we had to swap it out for a different kind of winter wheat and that winter wheat required us to start using small proportions of spring wheat. These are all from the region, they're just grown differently to kind of bolster the strength. and. Using that spring wheat, we were, we were like, oh wow, this, as a whole grain product, this has enough strength to make something like a bagel and make it well without it coming off as dense or, or anything like that. So I think that like the constant scrambling that we've had to do in the past year really started to kind of refine the idea of what was actually possible and desirable. Like we're not, we're not trying to do any kind of preaching. You know, obviously I could talk for weeks about grains and, <laughs> and local product and I'm really passionate about it. But we really want the proof to be in the pudding for first and foremost, so that hopefully you come and ask, like, why this is different. And then I can bore you with, you know, <laughs> I can talk, talk your ear off about rye and spelt and winter weed and, and uh, climate resilient uh, cereal grains and all that, you know, till the cows come home. I understand. So it's an education and you clearly have a lot of knowledge about grains and about baking bread. And you've been acknowledged by Food and Wine magazine? Yeah, Food and Wine, uh, to our great honor and, and joy, recently named us one of the top 10 bakeries in the country, which considering that we don't actually have a storefront, I think is a <laughs> pretty happy accomplishment for us. You know, we've been kind of behind the scenes and uh, doing wholesale and farmer's markets. And so, you know, like a lot- Not of yet. Yeah, right. Well, now you do. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like people, the joke is like, oh, I found you. Like, you know, we are literally lost. Like you can't find us anywhere. And so now we'll have a place where, you know, there's it's like a map that we're creating where you'll be able to find us here at from seven to three every day and find our products. So we were in a really great company with those selected bakeries for the top 10 in the country. Uh, we noticed they're all kind of like-minded bakeries. The vast majority of them are milling most of their own flour from local grain as well. And I think it's just all because we're kind of united in this vision of what our food system could look like, where it's like exciting because it's locally motivated and it's resilient because it's locally motivated. And it's not like precious or expensive. We don't snub our nose is that we're not creating like a specific like very precious inaccessible type of food we want to be able to provide the food that anyone can connect with you know we're in really good company throughout
throughout the country for people doing that. It's definitely, you look at the list and almost everyone is doing some kind of milling or at least they have a really extreme focus on their sourcing practices. Because ultimately if you don't do that, then you lose any kind of connection to the people making the food. And it has a homogenizing effect when you're using the same dead, lifeless, all-purpose flour that's not great for you and probably not produced in a way that's good for the environment or the, or the regional economy. When you use that for every product, it has a homogenizing effect regardless. So the food becomes inherently more one-dimensional and maybe boring. But if you have this, this palette to choose from of all different grains, all milled differently and so on, there are some common threads, but it's it, it makes for something really exciting. And we like to dig in on each of those grains and figure out you know, what the historical context was for, uh, you know, what its regional significant is, significance is. I mean, every couple of months we focus on a different grain and we actually produce a, a grain zine that's available for free on our website. But a it, grain zine. Yeah, yeah. Like and a it, fanzine. Right, exactly. It's for a grain. Bad. Yep. For bread it, lovers like you. Bread lovers, but also it's, you know, we, we uh, it's, it's edited by my sweetheart who's a, a, a bona fide proper journalist and we do, we collaborate with a lot of people. So there's really like diverse content so it's recipes developed with by the bakers developed by local chefs that we know so uh, but there's also journalism and there's history you know we find like do some digging and we find like the yellow broom the yellow straw broom that everyone knows that is made out of sorghum which is a you know important grain crop that's kind of been forgotten about ben franklin brought that to the country you think are, are people going to notice the nuances in your different types of breads i think that the nuances are definitely there and evident our goal is to provide as many points of entry and to learning more about the back end as possible but that can never be the first priority we haven't done a lot of marketing and we're we're not good at it uh but we really want the the kind of the the product first and foremost to speak for itself so rather than tell you you know at length about our sourcing practices where we only use a sprinkling of something local to kind of finish a dish we rather it be the complete basis and and we don't have to like shout in your face like people don't want to hear that stuff i don't want to go to to a bakery and have someone you know have the person behind the counter like supersede normal human interaction and start telling me about the origin and the the name of the farmer and so on. Hence the grain zine. Right, exactly. Yeah. So that you can go so and find out more on your own. It's it's all there and you can find it out and we're really happy to ask any of the questions, but you should be able to first and foremost go and buy a loaf of buckwheat bread and have it be incredibly delicious on its own and make you want to find out more about buckwheat and then you can find the information so lost bread co opens its first brick and mortar at 23rd and walnut second one will be in fishtown in fishtown yep that's uh between master and thompson on howard street so it's and like that's coming like later front, front gerard yeah well congratulations and good luck with the opening thank you so much so by the time the but by the time people hear this it'll be open it's the weekend yeah it'll be open <laughs> Thank you. Alex Bois is the founder of Lost Bread Co. Thank you. Thanks so much. That's it for this episode of What's Cooking on KYW. You can follow the show and get other delicious tidbits on Instagram at Food in the 215. And follow me on Twitter and Facebook for more news and insights at Hadas Kuznets. If you have a food tip or feedback about the show, reach out. And please take a moment to help us by rating and reviewing the show on iTunes. It helps us to keep making the podcast and get it to new listeners. I'm Hadas Kuznets, and that's What's Cooking. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 